cocaine, but even critics have claimed that it was shit in its day. Some films are shit and shit they will stay, but some get better over time because of Nicolas Cage. So which film stays shit forever? And which one's got a little bit better? Welcome to Second Chance Movies, the podcast where we rewatch movies and decide if they deserve a second chance. I'm Joe Harper, your host who loves rewatching movies and really loves a good Jake Gyllenhaal movie. And I'm Jessica Quaz, your host who's a one and done kind of movie viewer who thinks Red Taylor's version is a masterpiece. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, but I also really like Jake Gyllenhaal, so okay, it's, good. it's okay. And today, we are giving a second chance to the Best Picture nominee, Brokeback Mountain. About time. (laughs) Someone needed to give it a second chance. Might as well be us. That's right. Last week, we reviewed Crash, the movie that beat it out for Best Picture in 2006. And so we want to see 20-ish years later, which one really deserved Best Picture? And I think we all know... Which one? I know which one. Spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about Brokeback Mountain. If you haven't seen it, um, be prepared to hear some stuff about the movie, because we're going to talk in detail about it. Uh, For those of you who do not know the movie, or who just forgot about the movie, don't remember what happened, let me read its synopsis. Ennis and Jack are two shepherds who develop a sexual and emotional relationship. Their relationship becomes complicated when both of them get married to their respective girlfriends. That is a a very (laughs) weird way to describe this movie. I don't like that at all. I think just like a much better synopsis would be like two, I guess, shepherds, we'll say that, fall in love in a time where society would not allow it. I don't know, like something along those lines, like the, like, yes, them getting. <laughs> Great explanation. Thank you. Um, like, I would say it's about two cowboys that fall in love during a time period when their love was not accepted by society and throughout the years, how they keep that love going. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the like, like, yes, of course, them getting each getting married is like a a huge plot point for both characters, but it's also like not the only thing that keeps them apart from like being together. So I don't know, just a weird way to put it, like when they both marry their girlfriends. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. In high school. Yeah. <laughs> My girlfriend. <laughs> okay. Do you remember your first time with this movie? What do you what do you think about it? Did you see it when it first released? Later on? I didn't see it when it was first released. Um, so if you listen to our Crash episode last week, I talked about how I watched Crash at my Catholic school when I was like 12. <laughs> they wouldn't show us Brokeback, that's for sure. <laughs> so I didn't see Brokeback until like a few years after it came out. Um and like all I remember see like when I first watched it was just of course being like deeply sad, like being really emotional about it. 
Um, and then, I mean, I, I liked it and I thought the performances were amazing and they were very like impactful and effective. I was just like deeply sad. I think I saw this, I had to have been 17 or 18 and saw it in theaters. Oh. During the hype of like, this is running for best picture. Uh, I had already watched, I probably had watched Crash before and I don't remember the order, but I was like, you know, let's, I want to see what the other movie is that everyone's, you know, hyping up. I thought it was kind of boring, uh, but like with some good sequences. Uh, and I haven't seen it since then. Um, yeah, so I was excited to see how 20 years of mind changing and experiences getting married and how, you know, I know what, I know what love is now. Aww. So it's, <laughs> You know, let's let's give it with all those new perspectives in place. Yeah, definitely. I was excited to revisit it because I also hadn't seen it since around the time it came out. And um, I know this movie means a lot to a lot of people. Like, it really has an impact. Um, and so I was just really curious to see, like you said, what it's like now that, like, I'm an adult who understands mature emotions um, it was very, for me, it was very different this time around than the first time. Yeah, I remember everyone labeled it as like the gay cowboy movie. Yeah, it was a, it was a butt of a joke for, it, it was, it was a joke. <laughs> like, um, actually, like, a one thing that always kind of stuck with me over the years was, um, I once listened to this interview with Jake Gyllenhaal, our guy, our man, and he was Love talking. He's talking about Heath because him and Heath became like really good friends. So much so that like Jake is the godfather to Michelle and Heath's daughter. And I just love that. I love that these bonds came out of this movie. But anyway, like broke back at the time, it was a joke because there wasn't like a lot of gay representation, especially in like prestige movies. So it was sort of like, uh, they're cowboys and they bang. Uh. Um, and that year, the Academy Awards, like, pitched Jake and Heath to do, like, the sort of bit of, like, yeah, we we did love scenes together. <laughs> and Heath got, like, outright pissed at the Academy. And Jake was like, yeah, I'll do it, whatever. And <laughs> <laughs> Sure, are you going to pay me? <laughs> yeah. I'll do it. And Heath, um, like, apparently Jake was, like, so Im impacted by Heath's response because Heath was like, this isn't funny. Like, this is, like people this is someone's life like this is yeah. not funny and jake was like wow shit like even after making this movie like i didn't realize like yeah this is for, this isn't funny this is like a telling a story and i always just thought that was really cool because this movie was made at a time where i mean gay marriage wasn't even legal yet even though it was up for this picture and it was like highly regarded it was still a joke in pop culture and i think that that's that's changed. I think a lot more people appreciate it now, but it was definitely like, yeah, it's a good movie, but like... <laughs> I think one of my perspectives was, because uh, it was, you know, it's two guys. I don't know, man. They weren't banging enough for me in this movie. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it could have been a lot more intense, y'all. Yeah, I was like, this was all the fuss was about? I think that was one of my, my big takeaways when I first watched it. Really? Because... That was almost nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There could have been way more. It could have been some peen, you know? It like could have been straight up hard peen. Oh, man. <laughs>
But that's not what it was about. It's yeah, it's about love. Love. And time. Oh. Well, now that we know what we thought about when we first watched it, I'd like to hear about what people thought about when they first watched it. Time for reviews. All right, let's read some reviews. All right, let's start off with the positive because there's way more positive than negative, which is crazy because I I thought it would have an equal amount. We did not. I was expecting that too. I was kind of expecting, um, yeah, to be a little more polarizing just because, again, like the time it came out and the content and everything. But actually, yeah, people liked it a lot more than I remember. No minnow of movie mom. The storytelling is so plain <laughs> and straightforward. What what about, what about it? Was, <laughs> why are you already laughing at that? Because it's a, I'm sorry, it's a positive review, but I wasn't expecting it to start off with like, the storytelling's plain. <laughs> no, I'm going to be giggling about it now. Yeah. No minnow of movie mom. The storytelling is so plain and straightforward that like the characters' feelings for one another, at first, you do not realize how powerful it is. Oh, now I feel bad for giggling because she meant it in like a nice way, I guess. Yeah, because <laughs> like again, when I first watched it, I thought this is kind of boring, and then um, because it's just it's really like a slow, long draw of a movie. Yeah, it's a slow um, burn. Yeah, slow burn, slow burn, slow burn. I thought she was just like, yeah, what a basic-ass story. It's basic. Two people love each other. Get over Whatever. it. Whatever. All right. Robert Dennerstein with Denver Rocky Mountain News said, The movie has a universal quality because it tells a story of unfulfilled lives and roots it in the well-observed specifics of a vanishing Western culture. Um, I mean, I don't really get the western culture part of the movie because it's not really we don't really see too much of society in the movie there's only like two or three other humans we interact with besides our two main dudes so yeah i think like we're them talking about society like society society won't do this for us right i think (laughs) it's just like that's the 60s everywhere it wasn't there, but I'm, I've heard that's what it was like. I think like I was the... there in another life. Oh shit! Um, no, I wasn't. I... <laughs> um, I think like the West is just where it takes place. I do agree, though. This time around, I noticed with like Michelle and Anne's character, I'm on a first name basis with both ladies. Um, okay. As well as the two guys. Um, <laughs> For those of you who have no <laughs> idea what we're talking about. Michelle Williams and Anna Hathaway are also in this movie. They sure are. Um, as is Kate Mara. She... Oh, yeah. And Anna uh, Ferris. And uh, Linda Cardinelli. Yeah, I didn't remember the, them in that. That blew my mind. But there is a lot of characters that do have like an unfulfilled life in some way. And I didn't really pick up on that when I was younger, but sort of like there's a lot to be said about societal roles that these people are filling and they're not necessarily happy fulfilling those particular roles that have been put on them. Not just in the relationship with the two guys, but like throughout the movie, I see that more. Renee Rodriguez with Miami Herald said, 
the best movie of the year. Took it's really a simple. Hard stance. That's how he feels in and out. Matt Brunson of Creative Loafing. Behind its convenient and infuriating designation as the gay cowboy movie, this is as universal as any love story Hollywood has produced in recent times. I mean, yeah, that's not wrong. Like, I do think it really is unfortunate that it was just boiled down to, like, the gay cowboy movie. Because there's a lot more to it than just that. And it does touch on, like, the complications and emotions of, like, a heterosexual relationship. So, yeah, I agree. I think that's a good review. I think that's a solid way to put it. It's crazy how we haven't had more, like, lead homosexual movies. Like, it's it's very few. To this day, it's still, yeah, it's still an issue. Yeah. Representation, guys. It matters. Sure does. It fucking matters. All right. Um, I got one. Okay. Emily Blunt, a Blunt review, and not... Not that one. <laughs> not actress Emily Blunt. <laughs> this here film ain't your ma's cowboy tale none. Darn I tootin'. I, I respect that, Emily Blunt. Yeah. Good way to express what's going on here. Lisa Ann Cockrell of Christianity Today. Oh, no. Why, oh, no? Because, <laughs> you know, you know. Sure. Well, it's, you know what? You know what, Jessica? Instead of just jumping to our first conclusion, <laughs> maybe we let Lisa Ann say what she has to say. <laughs> Okay, you're right. That was very especially, ignorant. <laughs> especially if it's in the positive column. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Yep. All right. But you know what? I laid down that bear trap. I knew exactly what you'd walk into it. <laughs> All right. Well, what did, what did sweet little Lisa Ann have to say? Though presented as a story of thwarted love, of ache and longing and regrets, it's ultimately a story about the relationships that shape us for better and for worse. All right, yeah. I mean, she added the worst, which I don't know. What's the relationship that's for the worst? The the relationship where you force your kids to grow up with a broken home. Yeah, or like just an absentee dad. Like, yikes, Heath. Get like. Well, I don't know if he's much as an absentee dad as much as just like one week he's like, bye. Yeah, and then the daughter's like, Dad, can I move in with you? And he's like, No. No, sorry, I'm really busy. <laughs> like, I, I mean, got, I got things to do here. <laughs> Yikes! Poor baby Kate Mara. I was pissed at him when she's like, "Like, Dad, like things aren't going well. Can like you be there for me?" And he's like, "I gotta, I gotta go to the mountain. I'm, mm, yeah, sorry. I gotta hang out with someone that's different than you." <laughs> I, <laughs> Hollywood sassiest bitch, came in. Like in Brokeback, which isn't surprising. This does feel like the movie he would like, I think. I don't know. You can never tell with him what he likes. His taste is all over the fucking place. But anyway. I just know he liked Crash more. You know he liked Crash? Oh, that's why that he was, was a big defender of like. That was the that was the fun fact uh, that I read was Roger Ebert was one of the only critics that was like, yeah, Crash deserved this picture. <laughs> Overbroke. You know back. what? You know what? No offense to Crash, but I just feel like Roger did that just to be a salty bitch. Just to be like, 
what are you gonna do about it? Just th- inserting himself in the drama, you know? Because he's him. That's him. That's so. That's so Roger. <laughs> Roger Ebert with the Chicago Sun Times said, "The filmmakers have focused so intently and with such feeling on Jack and Ennis that the movie is as observant as work by Bergman." So, I mean, he had it up there. Even though he was a crash defender, he he had some high praises for Brokeback. Okay, okay. Okay, well. That's good. Okay. Well, now that we've gotten all those positives out of the way, let's hear it about the three to four people that didn't like this movie. All right, let's start shitting on this groundbreaking Oscar-nominated movie. Betty Jo Tucker of Real Talk Movie Reviews. Because Brokeback Mountain has made such a profound impact on so many viewers, I almost feel guilty that I can't rave about it. (laughs) Okay. That's not an opinion. That's you stressing out that you can't shit on the movie because everyone else is liking it. That's a weird take. Yeah, like... I want to talk about how much I hated it, but everyone else likes it, so I'll look stupid. Like, I mean, if you have an opinion, say it, girl. Just don't have it be a stupid, ignorant opinion. Like that's, that's, it was, it was probably a stupid. It was probably opinion. a bad one. Yeah, that's why she couldn't say it out loud. Lori Hoffman of Atlantic City Weekly. Despite my distress at the tedious pace, the performances are sharp and compelling. <laughs> I don't know why I thought she needed to be super Southern, but I just thought so. I felt it. I felt that vibe with what she had to say. I mean, I do like that, like, she's like, hey, you know what? I wasn't a fan, but you can't fucking deny how good they were in this. Like, you just can't. I'm sorry. You can't deny it. They were great. The tedious pace is the thing that gets me the most. Uh, For, like, a movie, like, I appreciate, like, it's it's a beautiful movie and stuff, but, like, Oh my god, this is taking fucking forever. <laughs> Holy shit, I don't have all day. <laughs> Where? Hold up, let's see if I can have my wife quote. <laughs> the wife said, I'd rather watch Crash again. It was like an hour. You I know, don't think that's, it's I don't not. Think that's true, but it feels like it, it moves quicker. It definitely does. Like, it definitely feels a lot quicker paced. Because this is a very, like, slow vibe. Like, we're just going to take in this love and see how it goes throughout the years. And that's cool. Like, that's the vibe they wanted to go for. They wanted you to really feel it. But at times, I was like, oh, we're we're still here. All right. Yeah. I told my buddy Gage I was watching this movie. And um, because I wanted to get his perspective on it since he also happens to be gay. And he was, oh, that movie's boring (laughs) i don't like it it's so boring you should choose a different movie (laughs) why waste your time damn oh that's one funny fucker all right you know what i just i really want him to know that i said his name in this podcast to see if he actually listens to this podcast oh this is entrapment gage are you listening as much as you claim you're listening? Oh, oh, it's going to be a test. Oh, we'll see what you say, Gage. No other friend I'll test except him because he's the biggest bullshitter friend I have. <laughs> All right. 
Ed Gonzalez from Slant Magazine wrote, so much for down and dirty. He wanted more peen, I think. So much for down and dirty? Yeah, almost like, well, so much for down and dirty. Like, Oh, he was like hoping for it and then he didn't get it. He's like, well, fuck this. Yeah, that's, the, that's what I'm getting. Jeffrey Overstreet of Looking Closer. Essentially, this is the same as most stories about lust and infidelity. Two people who can't control their desires end up hurting each hurting others, lying and denying responsibility for their actions. Um, you had me in the first half. Yeah. <laughs> You're a little trailed off a bit. Yeah, I think it's like yeah, we do have that here where they're cheating and they're lying and they're hurting people, but like to play devil's advocate, this is slightly different in that it's not just like some husband who's like, oh, my wife's getting old and boring. I'm going to go. Gonna... Yeah. This is like, like Heath is literally afraid that he will get the shit kicked out of him and die if he's gay. Cause that's what he saw as a kid. It's not, so it's not just like, oh, I just want to go chase some tail and like lie about it. It's like he has such intense fear from the world around him threatening him to be who yeah. he really is so like yeah this is like a a love that cannot be um but like they may they try and make it work right it's not just like a woody allen movie where he's like you know i just want to fuck something young and lie about it <laughs> <laughs> i'm 70 and this, <laughs> this this just turned 18 year old is like my star-crossed lover i've been waiting around for you for 50 some 60 something years i just can't tell my 50 year old wife about it she's a stick in the mud yeah god she's so old too <laughs> 50 oh thank god you're 17 18 right okay so let's get into it okay let's what do did it. you think about the second time is this the second time? Yeah, this is full blown second time. This is my full blown second time. They I haven't. Wow. I have not seen it since the theater, which is wild. That is wild, and it's was, rare for us to both have an actual like second chance with the movie. So yeah. this is exciting. Because I didn't have like a negative time seeing it the first time. I just had a like a, oh that was it. Like okay, it was nice, but it wasn't like it didn't blow my mind away. Whereas now I've had twenty years of like life experience i've been in lots of relationships um i have one really serious relationship going on uh yeah <laughs> so there's the married aspect of it all um and so like yeah i go into this with a lot of in a lot of more open-mindedness than i think i did the first time um i think i was on i was like on the verge of being i was becoming open-minded when i first watched it right so um yeah after being very open-minded now what an experience yeah i feel like um for me the second time was like completely different than the first time i think i was just too young and like okay like understood the sadness <laughs> yeah <and> you <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm jessica and i'm eight and I think Brokeback is okay. There's some <laughs> sheep in it. Two boys rode horses. And they didn't go fishing. I don't know what that means, but I'm eight. 
I gotta say, now as an adult, that line that Michelle Williams says to Heath of like, you know what's funny is all those fishing trips you went on and you never brought home any trout. Fuck. I was like, wow. I think that's one of my favorite scenes in this movie. I do too. Because like, she... Let's just get into that scene then. Yeah, let's go <laughs> so, deep. I think they'd already been divorced at this point. She's already with a new husband, and she just, you know what? So bottled up with like, I'm so frustrated with you, and just cracks open that beer and just like, boom, so many things. Like, hey, I left you a note, and when you got back, it was still on your fishing pole. You never even fucking opened that tackle box, like. I was like, oh my god, you fucking idiot. You stupid piece of shit. God damn. Like, it's crazy too, like, watching the scenes with them. Because I feel like watching it now, where they have this, like, like I said in the reviews, I think that, like, Heath does have love for her, but in the same way that you have love for, like, a friend. It's like, I love you and I care about you, but I'm not in love with you. And so when he like lashes out at her when she finally calls him out i think it's like a level of embarrassment and trauma and genuinely like oh fuck i hurt this person and he's like angry at himself but he turns it in turns it out on her and i just think like that moment is like such like high acting acting because like you like the way she's portraying like how pissed and how bottled up she's been but she's still a woman in the 60s like yeah. she still has like a role that she has to be in and she's finally able to say now that i'm not your wife anymore like yeah i fucking know i've known this whole time and he's like it's like this oh shit moment that he just doesn't know how to process and the two of them like fighting off of each other it's so good like it's just so intense to watch and i feel like in those moments you like like i felt anyway i weirdly got like the chemistry that like heath and michelle had even though they're playing characters that are like not in love with each other like i could feel that they had this in, in very interesting connection i don't know okay. what that was but i definitely felt their chemistry and even in scenes where they're like fighting i'm like god damn they were in love <laughs> like god damn i feel it baby matilda um who's probably like 20 now which is like fucking insane but um i yeah. think I think it, like, it works for these characters because, like, like I said, I think he does love her, but he's so conflicted in feeling, like, incomplete and incompetent that it makes him feel really deeply insecure and pissed off. But, like, Michelle in this movie, like, this also, we were talking earlier about how, like, this changed our perspective of, like, Heath and Jake. Michelle Williams was known for Dawson's Creek before. Like, she was full-blown, like, teenage soap opera star. And this was like, oh, bam, yeah, I can fucking act, too. Like, hello. I never saw an episode of Dawson's Creek. Oh, I love that shit. Um, yeah, she's one of those actresses that I know is in all these, like, critically acclaimed movies, but I, I never see them. And if I do, I forget about them almost instantly. Um real bad about that yeah because like she gives good performances i just eh. then she's in venom and i'm just like okay oh yeah well that was her like i'm gonna make some money (laughs) good girl get Um, get on get our attention get a paycheck yeah girl yeah yeah um jake he's like i'll be mysterio 
Yeah, I'll make some money and have some fun. Yeah, but that one was really good. That Venom was is good. not that great. No. Venom 2 is even worse. Didn't see it. Don't oh. think I will. Yikes. And I think that's really interesting, too. I think that shows that, like, Ennis really does have an issue with who he really is. And that goes back to a really impactful story we learn in his childhood about how there was, a an, like, a gay man in his area when he was growing up and the town gathered up and literally beat this man to death and then uh ennis's dad took ennis and his brother out to see the body and was like this is what happens if you're you know if you're a little funny like this is what happens and so he's got this like deep-rooted fear that if he's like how he how he feels like this will happen to him and so i think what's interesting with uh, Linda Cardinelli's character popping up it's not just like oh well my marriage couldn't work because I'm gay and this is who I am like whatever it was like no I need to I need to keep trying to not be this like I can't be this um and it, that's it's, it's really intense I gotta pretend to be straight to appease society which is again another level of just like sad like it's oh. sad yeah and um, that's where it's like really conflicting of like like you said, not necessarily rooting for them to be together, but like not also seeing them as like bad people. Yeah, they're yeah, they're just they're in a really shitty situation. It's like they they want to be together, but like if they are, there is a high chance that they will die because of it. Right, and it's interesting too because Jake's character is the one that's like, we could just go, we you and I, we can go and and be together. And he, because he didn't experience what Ennis had. And, like, so that's also a conflict within their relationship. Huh. Huh. And, like, I also go, <laughs> I have just, like, so many thoughts and feelings. Um, and, again, like, I, seeing this as an adult now, I also realize that aside it being, like, the societal standards that they, that were put on relationships, it's it's also about like particular roles in like a nuclear family and i think that's also shown with michelle's character because she finds out like they're together she catches them like she catches them making out and stays silent like does not say anything boys tests him oh yeah it is so irritating to me so they haven't seen each other in like forever but uh Innes's wife is like a window away and the first thing they do is just grab each other and kiss in plain sight. And I just think, you fucking idiots, just wait 10 goddamn minutes till you're down the road and, like, give each other all the kisses and hand jobs you need to. <laughs> and you could have, like, this could have happened for as long as you wanted. You know, nowadays, if you saw your partner cheating, you'd be like, well, what the fuck? But because she has to sort of be, like, this happy housewife to a rancher and, like, well, got kids. Like, oh, he's kissing a boy. Um, right. What? Right. Uh, it's not me. And what? Yeah, my husband can't be that. You know, like, so there's yeah. these also just societal pressures put on on everyone in this movie. And I think mm. Michelle Williams is an example of how she kind of stayed in this situation because it's like, I don't know. I don't know how to get out. Um, yeah, it's which is intense, and I think we see a little bit of that with Anne Hathaway as well. But like, I'm curious to get your take. I have a question for you. Yeah, I love answering questions. Do you think that Anne Hathaway's character had any idea 
that Jake Gyllenhaal's character was gay? Yes. I okay. just think she kept it her composure and more so like more so like it was a business transaction because like her dad has like a business and like because of society and like I want to be the wife that raises the kids. I need my husband to do like I think she had a plan because like the end because like when towards the end when Heath calls Hathaway and is asking about Jack and she's she's telling him about an accident he had with how he uh, how, what does she how does she describe it he his tire in his, his like he was trying right. to fix a tire and it so, hit like him. he got hit in traffic and stuff but that's that's a lie because he really got beat to death because some guys saw him or knew he was gay and beat the shit out of him while she's telling the story to Heath about like you know he had a bad like car accident and like she's making up this story to again cover the fact that he's gay she knows like or maybe she maybe she didn't my perspective was that she absolutely knows she's just that like proud I'm not gonna let anyone know you know this, right. is, this is my secret or our family secret and I'm taking it to the grave but like I think Heath knew like Ennis knew like and he was like fuck okay so I want to talk about that as well and I do see what you're saying now because throughout the movie Anne doesn't engage in that like she doesn't talk about it the way Michelle calls like Ennis out like none of that she just you're right is very like well they're also like, from a, in what it looks like a more wealthier family where like yeah we brush that under the rug you know because it's all a facade for the entire world right because the big thing too and you kind of touched on it is like her dad owns some sort of like car business and he gives not her but her husband like a car lot or whatever the fuck and she does the books for it so, okay. like, if her husband is now gay and she has to leave him, she loses that business because she's a little woman with a little woman brain. She can't yeah, do it. Yeah, I think you know? she's she probably knows. She probably doesn't know that he's like off having. Maybe she does know that he's off having affairs, and she just, I don't give a shit. We're we're parents together. We have a business care. together. Yeah, I'd rather this is the life we built. Yeah, I'd rather him keep it a secret and me just like. You know what? At least he comes home to me. But, okay, so, I want to talk about what you said. Okay. With the car the car excuse or whatever. Because I feel like there's two different ways that that could be interpreted. So, the first time I saw this movie, I thought that, like you said, he didn't get, like, his head hurt in some weird, like, freak accident, mm -hmm. changing a tire or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that flash of him getting the shit beat out of him was like, oh, he actually died that way, and she's lying. And then this time around, I was really focused on, like, Ennis's trauma and the constant fear of getting murdered. And when we get that flash of, like, Jake Gyllenhaal getting the shit kicked out of him, and it's, like, very hate crimey, this time I kind of saw it as, like... What, Ennis thought? what Ennis thought could have happened. Like, the yeah. biggest fear he always had that the two of them would die that way. Because this is an art house movie and, like, well, 
done and put together. There hasn't been any dream sequences yet. That's true. It's a it's a flash of what actually happened. Okay. That's yeah. that's how I perceive it. And Ennis, again, I don't know what Ennis thinks and stuff. Maybe it is Ennis thinking like, oh, it, he probably connects the dots faster. Yeah. Uh, Hathaway definitely gives a great delivery of like, I know she's not telling the truth. Like. The way she's, yeah, she's also really great in this. She's being so proper. Yes. Um, uh, sidebar by Hathaway. Um, I remember one college friend of mine just hated Hathaway. Okay, can and, I be real? Can yeah, I what's be up? Real? I feel really guilty about this. For interrupting my story? No. <laughs> okay, you don't feel guilty about that. Okay, no. go on. I was one of those people that hated Hathaway for no <laughs> reason. For no um, reason. I've I've always thought she gives great performances. I'm nothing wrong about her. I just thought she was like really annoying when she won her Oscar, and I was one of those people. But why did your friend? She, what did she do with the Oscar that was annoying? <laughs> I would like, love that. She like grabbed the award and was like, "Wow, it really happened." And ev- and myself and many others were like, "You fucking ungrateful! Like you just think you deserve this? I don't know." And I found okay to be honest. I found her to be, because it was Les Mis, it was a musical that she won for, throughout, like, the whole, like, award campaign and all that shit and all the interviews, I just found her to be, like, an annoying theater kid. It was like, yeah, so while I did sing and I did, I just found her to be annoying. And then she actually had, like, this really sad quote about it, because, like, after she won the Oscar, she, like, dipped for a couple of years, like, she took a break. And when she came back to, like, act again, people were like, hey, girl, where'd you go? And she just said, like, I felt the vibe that, like, the public needed a break from me. And I feel really bad about that. Now I look at it and I'm like, that's dumb. Why did I just, like, my own internal misogyny didn't was why I didn't like her. That's fucked. You should feel really bad about that. I do Um, feel bad about that. Because I'm watching Brokeback now and I'm like, oh, my God, yeah, she's always been a really great actress. And this movie also, like, for all four of the characters, the main stars, Heath, Jake, Michelle, and her... I'll change the game because before this she was like the Princess Diaries gal. And so, then she did this and was like, hey, I can have That's the reason my college friend didn't like her because she was the Princess Diaries girl. And then all of a sudden she started doing these adult movies and How showed, dare her, you? showed her boobies. She's supposed to be someone kids look up to. What? No, she's an <laughs> actress that took a job and then got different, more jobs. What does she show her boobs in? This movie. Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I guess as an adult woman now, I'm like, oh, whatever. I know what those look like. I just didn't register. But that's right. Duh. As <laughs> as a film person, I'm like, whatever. It's whatever. a movie. It's duh. the characters are doing things. Yeah. So, yeah. So, she shows her boobs in this. Yep. Um, the one complaint I have of this movie is that we don't see either one of the dudes' dongs. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? For like a movie with two men as the love interest, we see boobs but no dong. We see like a far shot of them jumping from a cliff naked. Yeah, yeah, we and see just like, like oh, they're yeah. kind of their butts. I guess two thousand five just wasn't ready for like a dong on screen. No. It still really Dongs. isn't. I know people get really freaked out by dongs on screens. I don't get it. Half of the people have them. Half the people have them. And we gotta see, like, you know, we gotta see lady parts all over the goddamn place, but I can't see a dong. I don't get it. 
Um, one thing I really like about this movie is uh, time jumps. I yeah. I like that this because I think time jumps can be weird at moments. Um, in other movies, I like that there's no like date. We just as the audience infer like, oh, he's definitely older. Like showing the daughter is you know now like a teenager. I like the progression through time. Like we're gonna show these couple moments throughout time and how they're. I think it's almost like the only moments we ever get to see them or whenever they get to meet up is when we get to jump into their lives. Yeah, I think so. And I think what's really interesting too is what we see with time is less about like their character growth and how they age and mature because like they kind of don't. Like they are very stunted because they have like this really unattainable life that they want. Yeah. But it's the things around them that are aging and, and moving on, whereas they're still stuck, like, to each other. So, like, you're right, like, the, the children growing and aging is, like, a really good indicator. Or, like, we don't even get, like, an intense, like, divorce scene with Heath and Michelle. Like, it's just, like, she she's, like, we see her at her wit's end. We don't know how long it takes from, like, seeing them kiss, seeing her getting, like, more and more upset to, like, we're in a court for a second and then he's at the dinner table with her and his her new husband and the kids are older and then all of a sudden bam Kate Mara's playing Heath's daughter and it's like whoa that's how much time has gone by yeah and it's really interesting because especially with Ennis like he's very stunted in a way that holds him back from like his his full fulfillment and it, to a certain degree Jake as well so that I find really interesting in the way of handled time. I will say though that like the hair and makeup on those boys to age them, not the best. There's no way in Hathaway as a Southern Belle. I'll just say that. <laughs> what do you think of their initial like hookup? Do you think it's earned? Do you did you see like the sparks fly of like, hey, I'm into you, you're into me? Um. So what I've noticed this time around is, and we talked about how this is like a very slow burn, mm -hmm. but this movie is like definitely really slow and does not pick up, or in my opinion, even become that interesting until, until they've hooked up. up. Yeah. yeah. And that's where we really start to see their relationship. So I don't know. Like, I think it makes sense that the two of them are very isolated and they're only seeing each other. And then that like, maybe they're picking up certain vibes but i think maybe we could have gone like a little bit more but like see that's hard too to say because jake is definitely like i could i could tell like he's definitely into ennis yeah like jack is like mm, what's up yeah um, yeah Ennis is like the i don't want to no, i'm not about this so uh i don't I, I don't before they hook up i never get a sense that like ennis is into jack at all so it's, maybe because he can't give that away. But like you but you would still I feel like you subtly would still like have like a look or a gaze that like damn, I like that guy. Like, yeah. There there's nothing like cause like again, they keep talking about how like quiet he is. I think JT says that's more words than you've said all week. Uh yeah. He just doesn't say anything, like, why are you attracted to this guy? Like he because that's why, again, I don't see the romance. They don't really talk too much to each other that we see. 
before they hook up and i just you know i get like hey they're together and they want to be together and then again the rest of the movie is way more interesting but like the build-up to them i just feel like it doesn't feel incredibly earned but like i, I yeah. get it yeah, I, yeah. I just want like one or two more things that made me think yeah i think these two are into each other I, I see, yeah, I fully agree with that, because, like, part of me says, like, no, it's not really that earned, but then another part of me is like, well, but for where Ennis is and who he is, maybe this is the most he can go in that yeah. moment, and, ju- it, and it's just opening up and telling him a story about his life, like, that's, to him, really vulnerable, so it's like, yeah, I don't know, but I guess I would have just, like, maybe, like, one little nugget, like, another little dropling to make it feel a little bit more earned, I guess like, it's I get, hard. Like, it's once hard. Once they like canoodle, because like it's it's cold and you know like because they're supposed to one's supposed to like watch. First of all, that's a lot of fucking sheep. Holy hell! Yeah, um, they have a lot of sheep. There's only two I, of them. I can't imagine that that's digital. I think that's real sheep. Oh my god, that's so many things to herd. Ugh. Anyway, one has to like stay at the top of the mountain uh, to like make sure though they don't get eaten but like why the fuck aren't they just out in like a pasture eating grass i don't understand the why they have to have migrate or the why the sheep are migrating you know i'm no fucking shepherd i don't i, I don't, I don't understand it i don't if know anyone listening can tell me why they like have to i understand why they have to watch the sheep right so you don't get eaten by a wolf that does happen um but why do they have to go off property and like in secret where they could accidentally mix with another fucking group of sheep which happened because uh, <laughs> they were too busy banging um Oops. but like one one stays by the campfire and the other one has to stay up with the sheep with zero campfire um yeah okay i so, guess that would be like to not attract the wolf yeah but like the whole the whole concept is I don't know. I don't know enough to it just seems a little like I don't know. I get, yeah. I, Maybe just, there's like, like something really logical and formulaic about it. I think we're the wrong people. We have a podcast. We don't know shit about sheep. That's true. I don't know. But I will say I understand like, hey, come I I like his yeah, like we're, hey, we're cold. come back come up to the tent. It's okay if we leave that. I just want you to be warm. Oh, I get that. Yeah. You're you're making your move. Good, yeah. Good, mm-hmm. good shot. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. take your shot. Yeah. Um, and then he he makes his move, but like, and it's just like, no, what, what? Oh, and then, and then they go. There is very little kissing before it happened, which I thought, mm, that's why. That's why I don't think it's very romantic. If it was the romance and they were into each other, it'd be a lot of kissing, probably before the just like pure fucking. Okay, I mean, yeah, and like, I mean, this is like a deep thought but like like maybe it's not so much that they love each other as they love what the other can give to them that very few if anyone else can give to them especially Ennis where it's like I I like men you're the only one that seems to reciprocate that so like hey it's complicated Small question. Yeah, I love answering small questions. Um, were Jake Gyllenhaal and the Stranger Things guy fucking? Unclear. It doesn't outright say it, but it sounded like they wanted to bang. 
I think they were because David like, Harbor. David Harbor. I couldn't remember his name. I wrote in my notes, "Whoa, Stranger Things guy." <laughs> my my notes were Linda Cardinelli, Ed Ferris, <laughs> David Harbor. They just like one yeah. after the other. I was like, kept oh, coming. Shit. And then Kate Mara pops up too, they like, were, oh, we're all here. They were relatively unknown to seeing them now. I'm like, oh, this is so exciting. I think Anna Ferris had done the scary movies, but so it was yeah. sort of like a, oh, the funny girl's here kind yeah. of thing. Probably why I think Hathaway knows that Jake is gay is because he probably is fucking that guy too. Cause or like, ended up fucking him. I think they were because at some point, you know, Harbor's like, I got I got a cabin that I go hunting on. If you ever want to, yeah, like, he, join me. He sets it up like, "Hey, you're, I'm down to clown." It's not just like, "Hey, bro, you like hunting? Like, let's go out to the woods yeah. and hunt." It's like nah, very he like insinuates like, "Yeah, it's very isolated." Me, and yeah, and then I think I <laughs> I could have it wrong. I think it's either Jake says to Heath or Anne Hathaway says to Heath, like. He was going off into the into the hunting cabin with that guy. I can't remember who says it, but I feel like it is stated at some point. I don't remember. So I think they were probably doing doing things. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on, which I feel like we have to at this point, because it's like the most iconic line of this movie, the "I wish I could quit you" scene. Oh, I. What did you <laughs> think it was? <laughs> It's the same scene, but like the a couple of high altitude fucks. <laughs> no, oh, I, I don't it, think did, that's as memorable. I it, well, I wrote it. It's in the same sentence for me. High altitude fucks. I wish I knew how to quit you. Um, <laughs> that whole, I think that's the best scene in this movie of just yeah. like you know we we want to be together. We can be together. Let's fucking do this and like. No, no, we can't be together. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's, there's something about it that's, like, I find, in the, in the line, I wish I knew how to quit you, and, like, what we're conveying in this moment, I find it to be, like, really haunting and romantic. Like, Jake is saying, like, I want to let you go. I, I want this to be done, but, like, I just, there's something about me that can't. So. I'll say this is where it starts to get more romantic, sure. Because I, I can start to see, like, they've built a relationship over, like, 10-plus years of, like, we only get, like, this one week to, like, fish fish and, like, bang each other. Like, you know, I, I want to do this way more often. Like, it's, ugh, it's heartbreaking. It is. And, like, again, it's, like, the whole reason why Ennis feels like he can't make sense. Like, he's, like... Not only is my life on the line, but your life, like you as well, could very well die. And it, and it, it does. And Ugh. it does, right? Like after this scene, God. this is like the last time they see each other, the last time they talk. Like, oh, it's so powerful, and like, it's really like just beautifully gut wrenching, is how to put it. It like really to me puts like a dagger in my heart, but I'm also like, God, this is just uh stunning and sad. So, so after watching this a second time, do you think this movie, Brokeback Mountain, deserves a second chance? 100%. I think there's a reason why it's still talked about. There's a reason why it's still around in pop culture. 
I think there's just a lot of things that this movie is able to do and convey in a way that's, again, just, like, really beautiful and really emotional. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people really did like it when it came out and thought it was wonderful, and then some people did make fun of it. It was it was a joke of a movie at times, and I think now, like, we can be mature about it and not think, like, oh, the, the two cowboys have stick. <laughs> like, who like, who fucking cares now? And we can look at it for what it is, which is um, not only something about a love story, but also just a really, like, that is alone, like, ignore that part. I find this movie to be just, like, a really interesting character drama. Like, all these characters and this acting is, like, so stunning, um, along with just, like, beautiful shots and locations. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's an... 100% watch it again um yeah I say this definitely deserves its second chance I don't see myself watching it too many more times uh I because again because of it's like slow pace hard to, it just doesn't this doesn't really have like that rewatch value to it but like it's a damn good film like it's it's put together well acted well it's a nice story and it's it's told, it's paced in a way that, like, the movie deserves. And, like, again, I like this, like, time jump and seeing, like, how their relationship evolves or how the obstacles they gotta, like, the hoops they have to jump through to, like, continue their relationship. Uh, and then, like, how them being in a relationship affects their, I don't want to say real lives, but, like, their other lives. Their primary lives because but then again they want to be each other's primary life but like tough and yeah especially with like 20 years of like experience between the two viewings like i think this time around it's it's definitely it's especially because like i'm more open to like artsy movies now this definitely is a well put together movie that still holds up over time I would even go as far as to say that maybe this movie was ahead of its time in a way that it was good of it because it, it really did progress some things. But like, if you think about it, like a lot of people were making fun of what sex. Okay. The, yeah. The fact that you two know? boys were together. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not a thing anymore. Like, no. Uh, who gives a shit? I think it, it, it was sort of ahead of its time in that way. And I think like you were saying, it's, there's a lot of, complex conflicting emotions thing like it's not an easy digestible love story it's a lot of like you said their lives and their each other's lives and they're separate all these things but it's able to be like condensed in a way that's like really understandable and makes you feel for them and that's hard to pull off yeah it, it's not it's not a happy movie that's another yeah. thing like it's it's very sad like even like after like credits start rolling and that song starts playing it's like fuck that was that was rough oh i know i felt and, like, so bad for ugh, him yeah and jack i guess but like and this is essentially our main character that like fuck dude like he lost the person he wanted to be with the most yeah and all he has left now is like his bloody shirt from it fuck oh. that's god that's another thing we didn't even touch on with the ashes and the parents and like that whole I don't even. I don't even want to get into it because it's, yeah, it's just so sad. so so upsetting. 
we're in an agreement that this is deserves a second chance. Do you think this deserves the Oscar over Crash? I do. So looking back on it now, because when it came out, I was like, "Yay, Crash!" I think this one, especially with our with our time that we've given, this is the movie that people talk about more so in a positive light. Whereas in Crash, they just make fun of it. Um, this one definitely, I think, again, because I think an Oscar for like, uh, should be like a movie that we all remember and like, it defines the year, the moment. Uh, I think Brokeback is definitely that movie that defines that like that year, and it still is a something we've watched today. I again, I think a Best Picture winner should be something that if we watched in ten years, twenty years, it's still fucking great. It shouldn't be like, mm, doesn't really hold up. And um, that's that's a tricky thing with these like best pictures because you really can't judge them act like how well like this actually did work as a winner for that year until you're two years removed. And nowadays, like awards are just fucking bought, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> but like, like, um, I think one thing too, like just from a technical filmmaker standpoint, there's a lot of pieces to Brokeback that just. Are, that work together cohesively in a way that Crash doesn't. So, yeah, sorry, Crash. Sorry, Roger. But, <laughs> but not sorry to the director of Crash who agrees pa- with us. Paul Haggis <laughs> knows. He, he gets it. He knows. Like, he saw, saw Brokeback. Oh, shit, that's way better. It's way better than even... my movie. Yikes. Oh, man. It's, all, it's like La La Land and Moonlight all over again. Yeah. But Moonlight got Only it right. Only Moonlight won, yeah. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of Second Chance Movies. Um, As always, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Letterboxd, all the socials. If you like this episode, please give it a like. If you've been listening, give us a subscribe. It really helps us. It helps people find the show. Let us know what you think. Crash, Brokeback, which one deserved to win? A big thank you as always to Beatty McBeatface for making our dope theme song. And we'll be back next week with another Second Chance movie.